Welcome to the Heroes of Reality Podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Hello, young adventurers. Dylan here. And on today's podcast, I interview John Halcyon Stein, or Halcyon as I know him. Halcyon is the leader of Pink Heart Burning Man Camp and Hug Nation. He is what I would consider to be the embodiment of love. He's got an amazing background about going from being one of the cockiest people in the internet to being one of the most loving people. He hosts twice daily gratitude sessions and we have a great deep conversation about what does it mean to love? What does it mean to be human? How do you balance out your own individual desires and your truth as well as wanting to be accepted from the community? And he thinks that some of the most powerful beautiful things is to see a human to own their truth. And so this is a great topic where we talk a lot about love, a lot about connections, and a lot about what it means to be human. So without any further ado, I'd like to present my friend, Halcyon. Hey, Halcyon, how you doing, brother? Let's see, I can't hear you yet. Let's see. Can you hear me? Now I can hear you, yes. Okay, fantastic. Hey, good to see you. Hey, good to see you, brother. Uh, it's awesome. You always have such a bright, shiny, like, essence to you. So I love always connecting, man. It's so, I've been looking forward to this so much. <laughs> well, definitely. I've, you know, I've, I've been able to spend some, like, I want to say personal time, but time with you quite, quite a bit over at, at Burning Man and stuff like that. And uh, I love what you're about. I love all the things that you do, man. It's so incredible. And it's, it's, and it's a very powerful and uh, heavily responsible position that you hold. Uh, and you do it with a lot of love and compassion, man. So uh, thank you. I'm really excited to have you on. My pleasure. Um, do you, uh, can I, are, are we, well, well let me, your mic's a little hot right now. You're oh. kind of getting a little <laughs> when you uh totally is that better yeah totally better thank you yeah, yeah it, thank you for the heads up on that one yeah sometimes it gets close and it hits those those puffs those yeah, pearls. yeah 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 like it cool Giant i would hate to uh end up an hour and then say oh yeah i noticed at the beginning that you were a little hot on the mic <laughs> I had a, I had another one too where there was this entire winds going through uh, this uh, woman I was interviewing, um, amazing woman, but she was in some sort of gust storm at 50 mile an hour winds in like the LA forest, and I was just like, what is going? I'm like, I couldn't, I couldn't use it unfortunately. Yeah. So. So. Um, besides uh, that. How, besides how that, I'm gonna adjust my um, size so our heads are at the same size uh, height. Oh, we look like very close. There we go. All right, that's better. Experienced on being on the internet. I have been uh, on camera a lot, and since lockdown, I have done 550 mm -hmm. Zoom calls that I've led so far, and you know, doing gratitude circles. It's, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very comfortable in this forum. Well, it's amazing because when all of the the lockdown hit and everything so many people that relied on in-person stuff i mean they had to figure out how to get uncomfortable or comfortable online and it's such a terrifying thing for many people it's like the last thing that they will do and it's such a challenge to to try to overcome that lack of a term fear from from yeah. from being seen and heard and recorded for all times for all people to see you know i mean and, and i think you, that's if it, that starts getting into your head 
Mm. It's so much different than like when you're live, you're having, you're connecting with people. If you start thinking like I'm recording something or I am, you know, doing a broadcast, it's like a, it's such a different headspace. Yeah. I noticed too, the people that aren't used to it, uh, there's like a little bit of like an, like getting ready, comfortable period. And then after a while, either a podcast or other things, they completely forget it's on and it becomes much more organic and natural. Yeah. But the more experienced people kind of ramp up quickly. They just kind of. I, in general, like, like people often ask me like advice on the cameras and stuff they should get for their YouTube channel and stuff. And I'm like, just start recording because it's going to take you a ramp up time before you're comfortable talking to a camera. And uh, you, the best camera in the world, you're going to look at your first stuff and be like, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. I know I went and bought a really expensive like Zoom, like recording device thing because I was insecure. And I started doing those for a while and I was just like shaking and going through it. And then I just didn't use it. And I got all mad at myself, a lot of guilt and shame and blame because I was like, I bought this really expensive thing thinking I was committing to it. And then I'm not doing it only for, you know, uh, everything to go down and not be able to use that primarily because of zoom and everything already does it pretty easy. So, you know, but that's, it's, yeah, it's more about the getting over the fear than the tactics and the strategies. What, let me ask you a question about that. Uh, just going into that. I mean, there is a lot of fear around having presence online. I would say that you, you embody quite the opposite of that. You know, what would you say in terms of recording people going to pull out the camera, they're going to hit record, their faces are going to be seen like, but then also they get this flash of emotion, right? Uh, seemingly incontrollable, you know, what, what advice would you give to them to overcome that kind of emotion? Well, I think, I mean, to be fair, I think some people's hesitation with recording their rawness and their realness uh, is legitimate. I mean, there are people that have established lives where they will be judged for certain degrees of vulnerability and, and humanness. And that's a shame. And honestly, if, if, you, know, if, you, if you seek my uh, counsel, I'm going to say, you don't want to be living in a situation or having a job where you can't be a human being and be who you are. That being said, if you are, you know, on that threshold of exposing your humanness, you know, and your emotion and your truth, the scariness is legit. What I would say is that's everything, you know, that what that does, you're making a crack that lets people love you that lets people connect to you. And then in doing so, you give people permission to open their cracks. And that, um, there is actually an, a degree of service in that. If you can give people permission to be more vulnerable and authentic, uh, it's worth your getting over your fears because you're helping other people get over theirs. It's a very uh, selfish, selfless way to 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 come over your own fears is and i've noticed that it's a very powerful motivator is if you can find the way that your suffering has meaning by helping someone else it does open up open up by the way yeah you're, you're saying interesting things so i'm just grabbing pen and paper to grab some notes here so don't mind cool. me in the background here um but you're right that everybody wants to show how perfect they are everybody wants to show that uh, everyone wants to show how great their lives are and to highlight real stuff but Nobody really connects with that. You can you connect with the down and dirty, the crying, the vulnerability, the emotional stuff, the, the stuff that makes you go, ugh. But people feel that that we're talking about human, that whole human connection. Um, because it's hard to connect with the, you know, 
like with guys primarily, um, and you might have a different opinion on this, is we don't get, we're not really allowed to feel a lot of emotions. We're allowed to feel angry or good, right? The, that's about the range of emotions that typical men are allowed to experience, right? Even though that we are so many more things, we suppress and repress and all that stuff. And I, and I feel like it eats away at your soul a bit in some way, shape or form. Um, and I would love to, I mean, learn how you, cause I would say that you have a much more higher range of emotion. I've seen you, I've seen you, uh, I'll talk about this later, but I've seen you being able to, to hold space powerfully for many people that share a range of emotions. Um, but I would love to learn how you learn to kind of break open or how you went about the process of expanding your emotional range. At first, I thought you were say, I've seen you cry in public many times. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, you, you touched on something so huge, which is that that kind of expectation for men, especially, but anyone who is in a position of leadership or authority or, um, you know, that, that expectation that you need to have it together, you need to uh, be above the, the failures, the, the doubt, the weakness, you know, and, and so unfortunately, I think a lot of people go through this path of, of really stepping into powerful roles and doing good work and leading people in a powerful way and having beautiful wisdom to share, but they maintain this position of, I've got this figured out, you know, I am an authority and it really, I think is a disservice to everyone. Because if you're listening to someone with and trying to learn from them, but there's this subconscious below the surface kind of not being said thing of like, hey, you're down there and I'm up here, then the, the, whatever they're sharing, it sometimes doesn't feel accessible to you. And so what I kind of went through with the, the teachers and that, that matter to me that I respond to are the ones who, who expose their wounds and who share their frailty. And then I can see like, oh, I can see me and them. I can see that the path that they're on is not inaccessible to me. This is, this is they stumble. That means when I stumble, I don't go through that headspace of like, I'm a failure. You know, I, I'll never do it. I'll, ne I'll never figure this out. Because I see that the people who I admire hit those places too. I mean, it's, it's really powerful to see that where you wanted to get or other mentors along the path were being vulnerable, which gave you permission subconsciously to be vulnerable. And you're 100% right on that. There's like an, if there's not, if you don't address the unspoken thing in the room, whatever that might be, then it has a tendency to block the connection. Yeah. Right? There was, there was a, there was a situation actually I was, um, with my significant other and she was showing me some stuff and I could feel that there was kind of a block between what she was showing me and our connection. And so I kind of addressed it. I was like, Hey, what's going on? She goes, I just don't want to waste your time. She's like, she's like, and I was like, I'm like, Oh, I'm like, okay, well let's, let's, let's talk about that. And I went into kind of a bit of how I was feeling. And this was just, this is something I've been very much working on. And I do look to people like what you do and, and other people do, and I try to model that as well. So 100% comes from a lot of that, looking at that. And mm -hmm. I looked and I said, well, here's a part of this. I see what this person's doing. And I have this kind of like 
oh, I know all that stuff, but I've never really applied it. So I, part of me thinks I'm better than that person. Another part is shame and guilt and blame because I've never applied that type of stuff. And so I'm, I'm and so don't take this as a, it's a waste of time on you. It's me having some internal battles of that, what you're talking about, better than, less than, and not addressing it. But that came off to her as her thinking that I'm, th that, that I'm thinking that she's wasting my time, which wasn't the case. It was just my own internal demons that I was struggling with. And once I came out with it, she felt a lot of appreciation um, for, that, for that share. But it's also a very, like, very vulnerable, very like, oh, my God, you know, I don't have all my shit figured out together, you know, that kind right. of stuff, so... Well, I mean that 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 dynamic and that that you just shared that that dialogue that you guys just did, um, it it established that both of you are allowed to tell the truth. You know, you don't have to play up to what you think their expectation of you is. You know, because if you're if you're trying always to to play what you're supposed to play or be who you're supposed to be then you're on this level of like, like really uh, surface level maneuvering as opposed to like anchored flow presence. And, and when you can get with another person, with a coworker, with a lover to a place where you can just surrender and let it out and know that the other person will say like, I'm not following you or that didn't make sense. Or, you know, when I heard that, it sounded like you don't respect me, you know, and it not be like, oh, you don't respect me, you know, um, then, then you can both surrender into this communication place. And I should say like, as I'm saying this out loud, um, this is my journey. This is everyone's journey. And the other thing that's, that's so helpful is when you can share it with a partner, like you did, is that you, you've got to always establish that everybody's always teacher student back and forth. And everybody loses the brilliance that you hold sometimes and falls apart. And sometimes they're totally in their wisdom and their, their divinity. And if you recognize that sometimes you're gonna to be together and sometimes you're gonna fall apart, then you can be honest. So my honesty in this moment is that sometimes I fail at this and I, I get caught up in my stuff too. Thank you for acknowledging you're a human. <laughs> Dude, that, but, I mean, that is so, you're, I think the core of so much of my path and my work and my, uh, the, what I, lights me up is being human and seeing how beautiful it is and how fragile it is and how incredible it is. And then starting to see it in every single person you meet. And part of that brilliance and beauty and genius is that it's not this linear path of better, 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 better to perfection. It's a whoa, wee, whoa, ah, you know? And, and when you can see that in yourself and others, it, you can just, all of humanity just gets a little bit more perfect. You, you, you can accept both sides of the equation, right? Because you, because you can accept it in yourself, you can accept it in other people. Yeah. And, and that's and that's to go back to like what is I think a challenge when people who come uh, forth as teachers or leaders that that have tried to have an air of perfection is that it robs you of that equation and it and it, it kind of gives the message that um, I need to get rid of my times when I stumble and fall or when I have doubt I need to hide those things I need to you know 
suppress that. And I need to be, you know, in my excellence all the time so that I'm up here with these people who are, um, that I admire and that I want to be like when the truth, I mean, I, obviously I don't know everyone and they're, 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 I could probably, there's probably a handful of spiritual leaders that I feel are, wow, they're, they're, they're evolved. You know, they are, I don't know if they ever lose their cool or get triggered, but everyone I've ever met is human. Hooray. Congratulations. Yeah. But they don't want you to see it. Not all the time. Cause there's that fear in the, one of the things I always think about a lot is that we're humans are this weird thing that we have this balance between wanting to speak our truth and wanting to be accepted by the tribe. Right. And that is a constant thing where some people will never speak their truth. And one of the things that I completely resist is, you know, people live lives of quiet desperation, right. And they'll go to the grave with songs unsung. And to me that, that, being able to open up and speak your truth, even though you know it may not land well with the person, but ultimately you become more connected. That is probably the most difficult thing when you're going to say something that you know is not going to go well and maybe won't bring a lot of love initially, right? And it's terrifying to do. I would, I would love <laughs> to hear... Uh, one, if anybody's uh, listening to this and is going to play a drinking game when we say the words love, I'd just be curious about that. That's just one top of the mind. But the second, thing, <laughs> but the second thing is, in order for you to get to where you are, you've, you've had to face a lot of hard truth. You've had to communicate a lot of hard truth to kind of get to this free spirit, right? And I would love to learn about if, the, if you have any stories or any any thoughts around like speaking your truth and times that you've had difficult times speaking your truth of getting up to where you like where you are today in terms of you know being this this spokesperson for love sure and thank you um one of one of the early things that comes to mind when you said that is um you know like most people uh my adolescence was one of a total panic in being accepted and I had no idea who I was I just wanted to be cool you know I, I, I think I pulled it off pretty well um, but inside totally living in fear had no idea who I was and I also had all sorts of insecurities you know I had, I had bad skin uh, I thought my ears were too big my neck was too skinny I thought that I was too pale and because I had acne and I would pick at it, I would blotchy. So there was a period where I was like wearing fake tanner, which this was like 80s. So the beginning of the technology of fake tanner. So I was a nice shade of orange. And then I put makeup on top of myself to cover my zits and my break in my, what I picked at myself. And then I wore a turtleneck every day because I thought it made my neck look bigger uh, and my ears less small. And, and so I went around life so scared that someone was noticed that I was wearing makeup. And so that might, it might show up on, on my uh, turtleneck or someone might, and, and I was just like, just totally just panicked, you know, really not in a state of self-love clearly. But what happened, uh, I had a, a, a friend kind of coach me on what, what to do if someone really confronts you and instead of being defensive, just own it. And so I had rehearsed in my head and there was a time on the, on the, the playground when uh, a, a friend, but a person who 
you know, part of the, the friendship circle that we had, you, you kind of tease people back and forth. And this guy goes, dude, what the hell's up with your face, man? And I paused, all eyes went on me and I went, oh, I have fake tanner on and, and cover up because uh, it covers my zits. And there was this, this silence, you know? And, and the guy who potentially was gonna follow up with just like ripping me apart, I thought he goes, and just kept on with the conversation. The conversation kept going. And it was like a turning point in my life because I'm like, oh shit, if you own the thing that you're afraid of, if you put it into the light, you rob it of the chance of being a weapon. If you take the rock that could be thrown at you and you own it, it can become part of your foundation. And so I now, like one of my defense mechanism techniques is if I start to get scared of something, I just make it public, make it public, make it public, make it public. Because then it's true. I have no control over that. And if somebody doesn't like it, what does that have to do with me? I think it was Ram Dass that said something like, um, you know, to judge someone based on who they truly are is like judging the color of a flower or the shape of a cloud. I mean, it's insane. And, and, and from that place, um, it's like, a, I find that to be a place of liberation, you know? And, and then, and then the, the things that, like, what if they find out the sad about me? Well, hey, I'll tell them, and then that's gone. That's so that's so empowering and and powerful as a lesson to learn. And you basically rob them of any called vector of attack or any way that someone can can come at you because you already claimed it and you already owned it. And that's the thing is the most powerful form of um, of like like abuse or is is that shame and guilt you place on yourself because if you're not affected by the situation then there is no there's no emotional game like a lot of people they you know I, I, angry monkeys i think it was a lot of like monkeys right in the ways that you know you can you can be bonobos and you can be loving and connected and all those types of things or you can be you know you can solve your pain by creating other pain so if they're in pain they're trying to create pain in you but then they they go to poke the stick nothing happens they're like i pushed the button but nothing worked well, I'm like, I, I keep pushing this button, but nothing happens. Okay, I'm just going to walk away. That's a really incredibly powerful lesson to step into at a, at a young age. And so you continued that path? Well, and since then, and then I, there's certain teachers that I, I've learned along those veins, like uh, uh, a, a book called A Course in Miracles. And it's got this, uh, one of the lines is, in my defenselessness, my safety lies. In my defenselessness, my safety lies. My safety lies, lies which is similar to um, uh, Byron Katie is another teacher that I absolutely love. And, and she talks a lot about like the, the, the resisting defensiveness. If someone says, you know, you are so selfish. Your response is, at times I definitely am selfish. Yes. <laughs> and then it's like, it's like, you're no longer in conflict. There's, there, there's no fight there. And really, it's the same thing as like the Aslan story from uh, *Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe*. In, in, in Aslan uh, was the the great lion. Uh, lion, and the last I don't know which book it was, but he basically surrendered to his enemies, and they shaved him and humiliated him and put him on this the like, sacrificial thing, which is a, basically the Christ story. And in both the Christ story and Aslan, they just surrendered. 
you know, even though they were incredibly powerful. And in doing so, in surrendering and not fighting, they become even more powerful because they have this love, forgiveness, you know, I, I almost beyond traditional monkey human responses. Yeah. And then you evolve into a, a place of powerful love. And that's a lot of the truth that rides to with a lot with what, you know, this whole podcast is about is the hero's journey. And part of the hero's journey is the belly of the whale where you feel like you're going to die and you basically die because you're like, I can't survive this. But by giving up and surrendering to that, to that death, you evolve into something new because you, you, you have to, or, you know, it's just the way that we, we you know we're like the ultimate adaptation machines by, by surrendering that you, you, you learn a new path that you didn't know was available. So that's, that's really powerful. How, how do you, I mean, since you put yourself out there a lot, a lot, lot, um, how do you armor up for the day? How do you keep your Zen? How do you keep your, 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 what, what is your, um, self-care routine look like besides pink dye? Uh, yes, that, that, that's, that's, we don't have time to talk about my hair regimen. That's <laughs> uh, um, one of the, the, the tools that I use is uh, I start the day looking at um, a series of I am statements. Um, and like, I, I got a piece of paper that I have it on my mirror. It's like all covered in coffee and toothpaste and things like that. And it's, it's like, it's, it's a list of the ways I would describe myself at my best or the person that I want to be. So I'll, like, I'm a vessel of love in the world. I practice kindness and look for gifting opportunities. I am present. And it changes too. I like, I edit it and I change it. Like, it, or sometimes I'm, if I'm going through something where every day I keep getting caught on something, I add that because I basically I try to set my punch card, my program, my North Star for the day. What are the things that I want to know about myself before the day starts to define me? And full disclosure, sometimes I forget. During, during lockdown, I went several months. I never looked at it. When I finally remembered, what am I doing? I was like, oh my gosh, no wonder I've been like been knocked around by the world so much because if I start the day and I go to email or I go to social media or I take a phone call, suddenly I'm reactive. I am, I am becoming what people need me to be. And I tend to be a people pleaser. And so if I don't work against it, and so if I... Like I don't answer the phone because if, if, if I call people back because I have to get present and, and then respond. Because if I pick up the phone and goes, hey, can you do this? I'm like, yeah, sure, totally. Yeah, I'll totally do that. Why did I say that? Um, and the same is true. Like if I start with social media, I start trying to fix things, fix things, fix things. But if I start the day and I go, I'm a vessel of love in the world. And then I get the same email. I still want to help. But I know my first priority is to be a vessel of love. And sometimes being a vessel of love means protecting my time or saying no in a way that is, you know, loving. Or it is, you know, what it just really helps me to uh, establish my priorities before other people's priorities get thrust upon me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you, you're basically reaffirming, you know, this is, this is the way I operate. This is my operating system. And then, and then other things can influence it throughout the day, and as things always do. Uh, but you're saying, okay, I, I agree every morning that this is my operating system. And then you review it and you update it and check it. Do you have a cadence for reviewing 
like do you do that sunday nights or do you do that at, like is there is it, or is it just when you feel it um yeah it's when i feel it, it it's when I, i'm like wow i just like skimmed that and i didn't it didn't land at all or uh i, I don't have a, a a system i'm not i'm not very good at systems in terms of like that's one of the things i'm as i as as i grow i'm working I, i'm always trying to learn from people who are better at that kind of thing i generally i'm much more of a float and until things feel wrong um but i recognize that that uh it would it would help me sometimes to uh find to redirect before i get to that place where i'm like wait where have i been for three months yeah I feel you know, I often trust other people to help me put up systems and I go, okay, who can help me put up a system? Can we, can we, can we get a system in place? Cause I'm uh, very much like with this, this podcast, I was um, trying to get so many online and I was like, okay, I need to put a system in place to kind of move that around. So other people help with a lot of that stuff because systems are, are very challenging. I, I say it's difficult to be both the dungeon master and the player in life. You have to like set up the systems and go and play the game. Right. And so mm -hmm. it's very difficult to switch from those two roles. So I, I completely understand that. Do you, I mean, but you're able to produce a lot of content like online and a lot of things that you do, you're, you, you produce. So you just, is that when you're called as well or is there, is there, is there any type of framework with that? I have a couple ways that I do that. One, like I, I, I sometimes I'll just make a commitment, um, which is, and I, I seem to hold to it, which is funny because in my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, I can't commit. I'm, I'm so flighty. And then I go, wait, I've been doing a weekly broadcast and, you know, basically YouTube video before there was YouTube and then for 19 years every week, you know, uh, and so that's part of it is every Monday I create a video and I speak either. Sometimes I think about it all week long. Sometimes I just show up and go, what am I learning this week? Whereas, and sometimes I show up and I go, I start with, I'm feeling in a funk right now, and I'm going to try to talk through my headspace. Um, I find for me, um, I almost never record things without it being live. I find that the the experience of of an audience or a receiver of the energy helps me to just like get out of the way and and trust that things are going to come out. And that's part of you know the you know over time. I just, I know that if I kind of get out of the way and the words just come, sometimes things that are way wiser than me, often way wiser, often when I'm editing later, I'll, so I record it and then I do it live and then I take the, the full thing, make a higher quality version of it to put on YouTube and iTunes. Um, and when I'm editing, often I'll be like, this is smart. Who said this? Like, whoa, I, I need to, I, I should write this down. This is good. Yeah. yeah um, and then the other things, uh, I often will go online just when I'm, when I'm feeling something. Um, I do really enjoy the, the feeling of, of connecting with people. So I'm really susceptible to the pull of social media and, and, and people responding something I'm trying to cure myself of some addictive aspects of it. But I knew like one of the very early on, uh, early internet, maybe like 80, no, sorry, 97. I, I was writing personal stories about myself on my first uh, website and it, most of them were funny. And then I wrote a story that was confessional. Like, like this is something I'm kind of ashamed about. I'm going to write a funny story about 
my challenges uh, reaching orgasm. And it was, uh, at the time, I didn't know anybody else who had this problem. Most of the men I knew were complaining about not lasting long enough. When I had women that couldn't get me off, there was often issues with them feeling like self-esteem and they, I didn't feel pretty. And so I wrote this humorous article about this medical or not medical, actually psychological uh, thing that I had and threw it out on the internet and started to get these responses from men all over the world who were like, oh my gosh, me too. Like, oh my God, me too, I have that. And the feeling I got from, from that experience of like connecting with people and through my sharing this vulnerability and this like kind of breaking through the fear and to share my thing, letting other people use it as a cathartic experience. That was like, I'm like, this is, this is, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. I, I don't, at the time there was no like job of that. Um, but I just knew like, I will, I will work whatever job I have to do so I can do this thing of sharing my journey sharing my lessons as a way to connect with people and hopefully help other people. That's beautiful and powerful. And just, yeah, you want to talk about being vulnerable. I mean, men have this weird thing where we think that our penis is our entire power source and everything. And if that doesn't work, then I am not a man and everything is broken and all is awful and broken in the world. And to get out and publicly say, I mean, in a humorous way that there's, there's issues with it. I mean, guys experience that we're human again. It's not, you know, we're not these, you know, uh, I guess, super athlete type of, I don't know who would be that superhumans in some way, shape or form. But to say that that's really <laughs> powerful and terrifying. And I'm glad, I'm glad you found power in that because that sensation of feeling that, that, you, so you found a power of connection through being incredibly vulnerable and other people being vulnerable back. And then you, you yeah. can tell that you're being of service because people had someone to relate to and they didn't feel that shame hole of like, I'm the only one who's got this problem. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that like, I, I think more and more people are realizing that everybody has access to that type of gift. Everybody's trauma is their curriculum. You know, everybody goes through stuff that is difficult for them or embarrassing or shameful. And then as you process it, it becomes the thing that you can help somebody who's going through the same thing. And of course, at the time, you always think that you're the only one or you have it worse or, or whatever. But the more you share things publicly, the more you're like, oh crap, we're all, everyone's going through very similar things. You know, you can, you can attach a different specific situation to the shame, but everyone's got their shame thing. Everyone's got their guilt thing. Everyone's got their not enoughness thing. I've noticed that with kids too. Like, I mean, I realize that like, whether you have a tantrum at the age of three, 30 or 80, it, the emotions are just as valid. They're just as valid. It, you know, if to us, like, it's not a big deal. You just broke your toy. You just, whatever the thing might be, but that'd be the, the, to acknowledge someone's feelings and realize that like you might, evolve intellectually but you're emotionally you still want love and connection and you still uh, you know significance all those other those ranges of, of emotions and it's it's interesting to see how you know we, we at the end of the day we're all craving just emotional connection in some way shape or form we're looking yeah. for some sort of emotional impact on all these different experiences whether it's delicious food or good company or or any of that stuff and um i would I'd love to talk about a little bit about what like because you've 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 kind of created a, a community and I mean a lot of it was done 
in person. I know through Burning Man, and I was a part of it, and it was wonderful and magical. And I could have a whole whole podcast talk just about that, um, which was incredible. Um, but you've also kind of shifted to being online. You've been online before, but now you've done primarily online. How has things changed for you? How have the connections? Is there is there gaps in the emotional connection going primarily online now, or what what are things like for you? You know, it's so the. the the, the Burning Man community and the 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 Pink Heart experience, the camp, uh, you know, there's a, a big part for me is working with people to create a container, you know, a container where these things that we're talking about of vulnerability, of of speaking a truth, of of sharing, a, uh, confessing a, a, a quote unquote weakness, is safe, so that. Uh, uh, we open those cracks and allow connection. And, and most of us are so starved for a space where we can do that, that when we get there, whether it's Burning Man as a whole or the, you know, our camp, um, we, people blossom. I mean, just it, we, we, we sprout these beautiful things in us. Uh, we let ourselves love, we love, you know, ourselves. It, so it's the same that doing that in a physical space uh, has a lot of similar intentions of doing it in a digital space um like even at, at burning man there are camps that have budgets you know that are crazy our camp's budget is modest it's about the kind of container that we create and so uh the, the community that i'm involved with the most right now online is this gratitude circle community that when lockdown started uh i i just like announced that i was going to host twice a day gratitude circles I figured it'd be like a couple weeks, maybe three weeks we'd be doing this. Uh, you know, nine plus months later, uh, we're still doing it twice a day. So I'm hosting these things twice a day. But it is a a lot of the people were drawn to it and to me because of my connection to Burning Man. So there is the some of this overlap, which is one of the things about any type of community or 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 leadership is that, you know. People are drawn to a vibe, you know. I I, I could not create a community of, you know, uh, hustle business people because you know I can't pull it off. It's not my vibe. It wouldn't work. But yeah. but but being dedicated to Burning Man principles and this like openness and this container of love and acceptance and authenticity, people start coming to it. And then it's really about role modeling. And and celebrating when people do it, and so very quickly, uh, people see one another being real, crying, sharing things that you know we may have been told is not the kind of thing you share publicly because it puts you in a place of of uh, people can use that against you. And what happened was a big part of the gratitude circles was because of the way the world was. And we also keep on beginning of this. We were deep into uh, Black Lives Matters protests, and there was a, a lot of suffering going on during that time. Though the vulnerable thing was to say, "I'm feeling some joy," or "I'm okay." You know, it felt like you had to be in a place of of suffering to be commiserating with the state of the world, mm. and so. In that place, it was a place where, like, I do feel the pain of the world. I do am frustrated, but I want a place where I, it's safe for me to say, I was so happy watching my kid do this thing this morning. 
or I, the sunset was so gorgeous tonight, I was weeping. And, and so having this container where we're allowed to be human, we're allowed to celebrate the humanness, it, it became its own thing. And so now it's not at all about me leading this thing. It's about this, this energetic expectation of what's okay that just continues, which is the same with the Burning Man thing too. Like I helped start a camp and then there's this, people learn what the expectations are within the container and then they add their magic and they, they help it continue. So awesome. And yeah, I think there's definitely something to when you're talking about making a space that allows people uh, permission to experience whatever there is, even if it goes against the status quo, even if it goes against anything that that what people are feeling, because a lot of times, yeah, we're, we're, we energetically can get sucked into a, an environment, right? You, you come into a room where everyone's crying, you want to cry, you come to a room where everyone's laughing, you want to laugh. And so being able to give permission, um, and especially around that that focus of gratitude being so, so very powerful. I also noticed that like the combination of um, when you do gratitude and you're also extremely vulnerable at the same time, you know, you express gratitude to people um, in a way that maybe you don't typically do, or at least um, maybe I don't typically do. I, I've seen that that's more powerful of a reaction is that combination of vulnerability and gratitude. Yeah. Um, and, and there's also something way more powerful. I've noticed that too. The, if you write down something you're grateful for, if you think something grateful, it's one level. You write something down, it's another level. You, you look into someone's eyes and you do that and, and, it, and it just, it's just so powerful. Uh, you, did, you did an exercise once, um, exercise, I don't know what you call it, uh, where we all kind of daisy chained. We linked arm in arm at Pinkheart and we had everybody look into, into each other's eyes and then shift and then shift and there was this thing as i was going through it i look at at first it's kind of like kind of awkward and uncomfortable and then it would and then awkward and comfortable to kind of like settling into it and then you went deep into it and then your heart started to melt and like there's this like whole process over time as you're like shifting you're like oh you're like there's like too many feels (laughs) it was was really powerful I'm going to chill as, as you remember that I explain it. I mean, because that, that you just described like the physical explanation of kind of, of, of what we're talking about with, with, with sharing ideas or emotions or, 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 or memories or things where whereas, you know, at first you're scared of, of that vulnerability, but then when you, when you open the cracks and you, and, and you actually connect, it's, you go so much beyond the, like, I'm trying to control my experience and control how I'm seeing. And you just surrender into this, this connection and it's like oh this is what this all we've all been hungry for this whole time is just this you know 100 there's one thing i want you know about the the gratitude sharing that um the you know in terms of like the, the thinking it writing it but over the last nine months i've experienced something profound about doing it in a group because what happens and actually i i started this uh about Eight years ago, I was, I was my I was a co-founder of a startup, and my job was a chief wisdom officer, CWO, and uh, and one of the things that I did is is we would have a weekly gratitude circle, an all company gratitude circle, and there's something so incredible when you get to witness 
other people sharing what they're grateful for. In a, in a corporate setting, it's profound because you, the people that you used to see as like a programmer or a marketing guy, you start to see them as like somebody that loves their kid or somebody that is learning ballet. And you start to just like really flesh out who this human being is and you love them eventually. But what's happened over the last nine months is I've really started to notice that on my own, with all the time in the world, if I write gratitude, even if I'm practicing, I still only see so much. But when I hear from 20 other people sharing the things that they are noticing, whether it's their coffee or the their dog or the sunset, or I mean, this today a, a woman who's working at a stable shared her experience of lying next to a baby colt and petting this colt and the experience of, of, of love and playfulness that they felt from this little, and I'm like, it's like, I, I feel like my, my lens of experiencing humanity in the world just gets amplified by all these other people's experiences. And it, it does two things. One, it helps me to see things that I wasn't seeing in my own life. I mean, I don't sleep next to baby uh, horses, but I, I did the day before a woman said, you know what? I, I left something at home and I was so frustrated that I had to make a second trip. And then I went, you know what? I'm grateful that I have the time. I have the time today that I can do this trip twice. And I was like, oh, hey, that's a thing that I have not been even putting into my mind. It's something to be grateful for. Yes. So we, we like you like teach one another these things you, you, your mind is blocked from. That's so first of all, the second part is that you start to go, oh my gosh, the media is telling me all the things that suck about being a human being. But the reality is there is almost infinite number of amazing things about being a human being. And I get to see them through all these other humans experiences. And it just makes me go. <gasps> that's so, that's so powerful and beautiful. It sounds like to me, you're building a Rolodex of gratitude, right? You're kind of like, yeah. you're like, Oh, I've got, Oh, I've got, I've got a new one. I can pull out. This is going to be a good one. I'm going to, I'm going to save this one for it's a rainy day. Cause rain's beautiful. Right. That kind of like you going, going with that. Uh, and there is the, there's two things. Um, make me think about when especially when you see in a group gratitude being shared between people and you see that emotional transition almost like i'm almost like a peanut gallery where i'm like eating popcorn and watching them do it and you but you're feeling the love i remember i saw this situation where i was, I was in a circle where people were singing and it was like a kind of a kumbaya ayahuasca circle kind of thing and these two sisters were kind of fighting with each other right and they're just they're kind of there's this emotional just sisters fighting and then there's a situation where the other one um, handed the other one the ring to start singing and the other one started playing and they looked at each other and they made this eye contact and you could tell that there was like forgiveness that happened when they started singing together and everybody you could feel everybody in the room the energy just just go oh like you felt that melting energy of like all the animosity all that stuff let go and they became connected again through that even non-verbal gratitude which i thought was incredibly powerful and on that note, you said something that I thought was really interesting. Having cor corporate people or anybody that you're just around sharing things that they're grateful for, um, you start to see them as not being just this identity of a worker, or identity of a person, and you come to know them. And the more you know them, you ultimately come to love them because the more you know, the more you see them human, the more you that, the more you have this emotional um, relationship with them. And have you has that been a scene? Um, uh, typical situation where the the more you get to know someone in those settings, like the more you you build love with them, that uh, 
That's I, I, I mean, with the, the caveat of the more you know who they really are, you know, mm -hmm. one of one of my mantras is there's there's nothing more beautiful than a human being revealing their truth. And so often we are like if I learn your favorite baseball team and how tall you are, I mean, that, that's that doesn't do it. But if I learn that you're scared of this and this and this, if I learn that you're proud of this and this and this, if I learn that, um, you know, that like the, 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 the raw stuff that makes you flawed and makes you beautiful, then it's, I think then we see, you can't help but fall in love. It's kind of like, you know, like uh, I never thought of it this way, so maybe this won't come out right, but like, why, why do people love their pet so much? Because they're not pretending, they're just exactly what they are, and their pet might pee on the ground, it might scratch things up, it might have like a funky smell, but it's, it's, it's this genuine being that is just being. And when uh, you can see a human doing that, it's just this, this like, this is me. It's like such a trusting position to take it's such it's giving you this like this is my my most sacred precious jewel and i want you to have it and it's like oh my gosh i can't help but but love you now i have i've worked a lot of, on my on self-love and so i i think that i've kind of worked through a lot of my own um self-judgments that might make it easier for me to see that love in people. But my theory is that the more you see someone's truth, the more you, you can't help but love them. So I kind of have a esoteric random question on the topic of that. Um, part of the things I've noticed when I've gone deep um, in various settings, um, uh, sometimes just spiritually and sometimes with the, the uh, aid of psychedelics, um, I've noticed that at, at the end of all things, like the, like, like the, if you strip away everything, like all things, like we are all connected through love. We're all on like, on like a deep, deep level. Like it, when you strip with the, the, the most powerful form of things, the, the most powerful essence is, is, is when you, when, it, when it, everything gets stripped away, it comes down to love, it comes down to like love and connecting with other people, loving yourself and loving the world why do you think that is like why is love this 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 baseline emotion or or do you agree or disagree like what like what is that what is to that why is that the the base emotion hmm. i mean i think it's hard to have conversations about love because it is it's such a a, a loaded word and i think that as you're saying love it means some i hear it differently um everyone has their own attachment to it um you know when i hear love in, in this context, to me, that's, it, it, it borders on a divinity, it borders on a, a connection that is beyond uh, that, you know, if it's that thing that connects all things, it is, to me, there's like a flow to the universe. Um, the Tao, to me, is the, 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 the flow of all things, you know, is, 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 is love. Um, it's not always you know, Valentine's pretty and happy. Sometimes it's powerful and painful and, but it is in the direction towards, to me, justice, truth, uh, harmony. Um, and, and, and that flow is at a, such a different level than even physics, even, even anything in our universe is, you know, at a, at a, at a certain level, base level, I mean, physics is at one level, 
we unfortunately as human beings we operate on a level that is uh incredibly stunted you know we have we 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 our, our brains are so susceptible to manipulation and our biases and so so much of what we're doing even as i'm talking right now you know i, I have an agenda and i'm i'm operating on this, this this level but love is deeper than that it it, it goes it it is it's laughing at me right now like ah oh, look at you you're trying to like make a point you know you're trying to like make people understand surrender let go and this is all just going to be perfect and i think that that flow you know to touch on to you know uh, the lessons of plant medicine and uh, psychedelics is is that i think that that flow transcends this dimension you know i think it transcends what happens in between birth and death i think it is something that is one of those things that is uncomprehendable mm -hmm. through the human experience we just kind of touch mm -hmm. on it and i think that that is uh that is one of the things that when we go into the the next adventure beyond death uh we will have a deeper understanding of of what love's role is in, in all of it that's beautiful yes the it's a it's a flowing energy before and after we're here and it kind of connects us through from this dimension to the next whatever that might be yeah that's that's great um yeah i uh how would you i mean how would you define love like how would you like how would how is that defined for you because i know it's a loaded word it can be yeah. a ton of things i mean like like if i define like romantic love i feel like that is romantic or or phileal love or like the there's like uh, the Greeks had like four different words for love they had uh, eros uh, which is like romantic sexual love they had a uh, uh, oh gosh now I'm gonna mess them up but they had like brotherly love phileo there's eros phileo and agape and agape is like divine love um, and I think so I think of like love between humans is when you can't really define yourself without the other person. That's how I think of it. Love is almost, ah, so it's almost like love is you become one with the other and you love the other one as if you are them. At, at some level, yeah, I could not exist. Yeah. In, in my current state, I couldn't exist yeah. without you. And, and the thing is, I think that that can be spread to that's how I think I can love all people because everybody I connect with in some way, you know, like I am the, the deeper I, I, I open the cracks, the more who I am is defined by all those connections. It's a deeper connection to the people that I have like romantic partnership with yeah. or friends and family, but it is, uh, I love people as, as I am defined by this connection to all of them. And that's why it's painful. If you lose someone, it feels like you're yeah. losing a piece of yourself in yeah, any shape right. or form, right? Wow. But but I think that there's another aspect of love, which is that agape, that divine love, which is closer to uh, the the inexpressible, which is uh, that momentum, uh, that that uh, that cosmic wisdom that keeps balance in the universe, that you know breathes our lungs and and. You know everything that happens in our body while we're sleeping i think that's connected to this energy uh in the universe um and like so i have a, I have a, a sticker that i put on everything i own it says uh it's my th instructions for life be present have integrity 
align with love. So be present, meaning like stop with the stories of what should be and need to just like get into get into your body and get into like out of the present and the I mean out of the future and the past. Okay. Two, have integrity, which to me means tune into are are you thinking in in terms of what is true from the inside or are you responding to something external like are you are you being is it some parental story that you're responding to is it some cultural thing that you're responding to or is is the the, the decision the motivation coming from a place of like oh this is resonating with who i am and then acting from that place and then the align with love is the harder one to explain because of the heart, the difficulty to define love. But to me, I feel like to me, aligning with love is that there is a path of, of righteousness that is that is truth. You know, there is a path of like, there's a reason why the golden rule is across so many cultures is because it is, you don't need to be taught that there is this kind of, uh, the, the, the connection, the, the recognition of you are connected to all things, the, the recognition that um, kindness is a universal truth, if you, if you can be kind. Um, and these things are all part of this kind of uh, timeless, ageless energy that when we are at our best and we get out of our heads and we surrender, we find that that flow helps to propel us uh, through our lives. What I like about that, I was just looking at that statement, um, the be present, um, have integrity, align with love. If you look at that, that's an amazing format for creating the, 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 the strongest connection that you can with somebody to be able to exchange love is you, you have to be present. Otherwise, if I'm thinking of everything, I don't, I'm actually not present. The, the, the tricky one, the really tricky one here is this. You have the have integrity, align with love. So that's that whole balance of, well, if I say something, if I don't, if I don't say my truth, I can say my truth or not say my truth, but I want them to love me. But then it's a, it's this balance of, it, but if I say my truth, will they not love me? And that that, that you're nailing it because see that that that's why I have this on everything is because what the, what those three things help me do is to get out of that mental trap of trying to control the future, trying to to manipulate another person's thoughts to get what I think I'm supposed to have, you know? And so if you follow this, it could mean that you say, oh, I need to tell my boss this thing that happened. And in doing so, I could be fired or I could, I need to say this to my lover. And in doing so, we might split up, but I just trust that if I do that, I will then be in that flow of love and I will end up where I'm supposed to be. And, and like, like the thing you were talking about earlier, like, but it, you, it's so hard to say that, that, that saying the hard thing, exactly. It is the hardest thing. And so these, the, the, those three phrases are what I look to when I go, okay, do it. You got to be courageous because the, your mind only has a few decades of wisdom, but the love has infinite wisdom. Trust it. That's powerful. I, I, it's making me flashback remind remind me of times that I had situations where, um, you know, I, I think of one where 
I didn't want to say a thing. It was the last thing I wanted to say. And it was the most terrifying thing to happen. But it came from a place of love and I did it. And for a little while, things went terrible. <laughs> but ultimately, it got more better and more connected. And now there's no, there's no um, gaps whatsoever because I have absolute integrity with the situation. And so now it's no... But that, that moment, I was like, oh, man, I feel like I'm going to die. If I do this, I'm going to die. And then it, it went as bad as it could have gone. And then from that, it, it got rebirthed from the ashes, which was, which was pretty incredible. So it's just a very tricky, difficult thing to do because it's like, you know, it's like, oh, how do you get in shape? Diet and exercise? Oh, that's it. You know, it's like just be completely brutally honest with the things you fear most and, then, and, and align and connect and be present in all things while you can be distracted by anything around the world. You know, it's like it's a, it's a very difficult but powerful statement. Um, well, cause you have to, you have to risk everything, everything that you think is important. You have to risk people's perceptions of you. You have to risk what you, what you think you need, you know, you have to risk embarrassment. Um, but what you can get in response is something way beyond what you could have, uh, made happen, uh, with, through control. Is there any, like... Have you had experiences, deep senses of, of love and um, beyond the, the gratitude circle, which is incredible. Is there anything that you've been using with like new technologies or anything in general that you've used that you've had a deep connection with love or you, you felt have, have allowed you to connect deeper with people? Is there, is there a certain using technology and stuff? Is there, uh, can you think of a situation or a time that you're like, wow, that was a really powerful use of both technology and also being able to have a deeper emotional connection with another human being? That's a good question. I mean, uh, by far the tool that I've used the most is is webcams, um, and uh, and and connecting with people through that way. I'm trying to think of those other other technologies. Um, I can't not. I'll I'll come back to me. I can't think of anything right now. <laughs> That's okay. I was just curious. I mean, it's it's very powerful to be in this situation. But no, as we get more and more along, um, there's you know there's there's new technologies and things that come out that, and I don't know if you had any personal experiences that are interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll share with you one example that I yeah. had completely crazy technology. Um, I, I saw it years ago um, and I'm, I'm waiting for it to come around. I actually have a friend who might be working on something like this, but he's under an NDA. So I can't talk to him about it. So I'm not too sure. I was at a conference and I don't know if, if you've seen these sensors that um, they kick out sound, but you can feel it. You can feel like touch, and so they'll kick out. It's uh, like it's called ultra haptics. Um, they'll kick out, and so like they'll kick out like a little like a sound wave, and it'll hit your hand, and it'll feel like feel like that, right? So they'll so it's a little little speaker, an array of speakers that will kick it out, and so they can so they can make it feel like a lizard walking across your hand or whatever the thing might be, right? Oh. So it's really interesting called um, ultra haptics. Okay. So I knew about this tech technology, and I was at this technology conference where I saw this geeky gentleman, uh, um, uh, Asian gentleman, his head's looking inside this box and there's another box next to him. And I'm like, what is he doing? Okay, I'm interested, so I'm gonna go find out. And I, I tried to talk to him, he spoke uh, Japanese and so he's like, have a seat. I was like, okay, um, best I understood. And this box had these speakers all the way around this whole thing and also had one of those i don't know if you ever seen like um at disneyland if you ride on the haunted mansion at the very end there's a ghost that sits next to you yeah right that's because that's like it's a it's a reflection mirror system right so there'd be like a the image here and it would reflect over here and it would look like a floating hologram jumps right. in so yep. old school disney tech so 
inside this inside this room, he put like a ball inside the center, a real ball. And in my box, there was a hologram of that ball. And then he goes, push it. So I go like this to touch the hologram, the, the ball hologram, and it recreates in the other box the haptic things and it starts to actually push the real ball. And so I could I'm pushing the hologram and then the, the sound speakers are pushing the actual ball that way. And so he holds out his hand like this and he goes, nice to meet you. Um, and so I went to go grab it. It didn't feel like a real hand. It didn't feel like this. It kind of uh -huh. felt like do, 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 right? right? And so he stuck out his hand and, and, and he's like, touch it. So I was like, I was doing this, right? And then he was doing it to me and I couldn't help. It was just, it was just a weird sensation. I'm like, what would it be like to kiss this guy? Like, just like, just because like, I'm like, what, and I, but, I, but one, I didn't even speak the language. And so I, I didn't end up going for it, but it was so weird. Like, I felt like, what could I do? Like, and then you, just because it's a new way to connect with someone through this weird sensation and touching. Now this was, gosh, this was like three, four years ago. And I'm, I'm waiting for this stuff to come somewhat mainstream, but that was my, it was a weird case wow. of technology that I felt this, all of a sudden this instant connection with this guy. And I was just like, huh, this is interesting. Let's, let's see where this goes. So I, although I, I probably had that back back story in my head, I'm like probably don't want to try to kiss the hologram version of this guy. Maybe might end poorly. So <laughs> I, I didn't actually pull the trigger on that one. So, but yeah, that I've was been, a, just a weird technology. Yeah, you know, I've, I've been reading uh, Ready Player Two right now. Uh, oh yeah, and, and it's about the extension of the VR technology of Ready Player One and. There's some things that are uh, kind of if the technology that you're describing, you know, take it several hundred years in the future and, and how how much you could ha have an empathetic experience of another person that has been recorded through these technologies. And, um, uh, you know, I love sci fi for those kind of, you know, brain stretching possibility things. And, and that's that was one of the really interesting things of like, oh, like uh, one of the things like you could experience a you you could experience what it is to be a heroin addict without actually physically doing heroin you know you could you, you, could, you could i was like whoa what a crazy like sure i can see the tech getting there i mean i think your idea of kissing uh the guy at the booth is a better idea <laughs> no no it's great actually i um i i read ready player to listen to the audiobook because i don't read a ton but like listen to it but i love it what is beautiful about that story what i love about that one i don't know how far you are along through the book are you I'm about halfway halfway okay so i'm not gonna ruin it um but i'm not i'm not gonna spoil it no no i'm not gonna do any spoilers but it's it's a great story about technology but it's also a great story about love and as you come to find out throughout the book it's a really powerful story about the about everything that unfolds in the in the in the in the technology and how that came to be and all that stuff um and why it came to be um i'm trying to not spoil anything for anyone uh, but I, I love it when you, for me, here's the thing is like, and this will, will kind of start to come towards wrapping this thing up, but one of the things I'm just deeply passionate about and one thing love having this conversation with you is technology is just a tool. And in some ways it can be used to connect you, right? And sometimes it can be used to disconnect where, you know, you're just lurking on some social media and you're not really engaging and you're being entertained, but you have this weird depletion of your emotion, right? Versus you can get on um, webcam Zoom meetings and have graduate circles where it fills up your cup and it can actually be used. And I, and I truly believe that technology, the best technologies, the airplane, the cell phone, the radio, all these things, are the ones that connect humans better 
and actually allow for that connection, um, to allow that emotional exchange, are the are are the things that we really seek versus these simple pleasures, you know, click a button, have fast food arrive at your door. It's not really as, it's it's great because it saves time, but you feel emotionally depleted at the end of those types yeah. of experiences in some way. So that's why I'm what I love about that story is it's a lot of about emotional connection and. What I love about you is you use a lot of technology to reconnect with people and not be disconnected. I that's I try, you know, like to be honest, the last few years have been challenging uh, because, I mean, a lot of people recently have have really kind of started to become aware of how damaging, dangerous, you know, algorithm-driven social media lives are and such. Um, but, you know, in I got online pretty heavily in 96, 97, 98. I won a, a Webby Award in 2000. I was the best personal website. I was like super, my site was called cockybastard.com. I was literally the most narcissistic person on the entire internet at one point. But I also believed that this was the tool that was going to connect the world. You know, I, I, this is like, I was at the time, I lived in a webcam house and I was doing these, these like experiments to connect people like we're doing now with Zoom, but when the t technology was so much more difficult, you know, we had these FTP uploading JavaScript webcams. And, but I was like, this is, this is my Messiah. Like this is gonna deliver us from separation. And, and to be such an evangelist back then, and then to see how it's been hijacked uh, as this commerce tool and as, you know, uh, uh, I still think that there is incredible potential uh, for good. It's just it, the, the the dangers have been really exposed. It's like it's like fire. You know, fire is incredible. It's an incredible technology, and it can kill you and scar you for you know mutate you forever. So it's a uh, we we don't have enough awareness of of the 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 potential for burns right now. Yeah, you're right. We're, we are uh, adolescent kids as a society running around with fire going, look what I can do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so dangerous. Yeah. Do you, um, when are the, when are the, uh, the gratitude circles do twice a day? Are they Every day, noon and 6 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, and it, it, if you go to zoom.hugnation.com, it's got uh, the link to the Zoom room as well as a, a converter for your time. It's open to everybody. It's free. It's uh, you, you can listen if you want. You don't have to participate. You can just show up and, and kind of be hear people sharing gratitude. There's people from all over the world. It's a it's a it's if nothing else, hearing what people are grateful for in in Germany and Spain and Canada and, and all of these things. It's it is such a beautiful antidote to uh, the other narratives that that we get uh, fed right now. That's that's beautiful and powerful. And um, uh, I was going to say, is there, is there anything else going on in your world that you'd like to share? Um, yeah, I, I do a, a weekly broadcast. Uh, uh, my YouTube channel is called Hug Nation, and I would love people to tune into that and subscribe. Also, Hug Nation on iTunes, I've, I, whether you rather listen or watch Hug Nation. And um, uh, I also periodically do group and individual coaching if this vibe is something that you would uh, like to go deeper with. Uh, you know, as I said, it's not a hustle business success, but uh, if you are recognizing that maybe you're could get a little bit more grateful and, and tune into your authentic self more, 
uh, that's that's my jam is helping people do that. Um, but Hug Nation, join us. We call them the Hug Nation Gratitude Circles, Hug Nation YouTube channel, and uh, uh, would love to have you apart. I mean, there's nothing that makes me more uh, lit up than seeing people revealing their truth and 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 seeing the blossoming that happens when people recognize that they're they're safe and they're beautiful and they're perfect. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I'll say is, uh, you know, I've been a part of um, a lot of things that you've done and you definitely practice what you preach. And uh, I think a lot of people, they, they're on a grind, a hustle. I got to figure out how to hustle, do that type of stuff. And then you get to the point and it's very, it's very empty and it feels very, um, it feels very just, just hollow, you know, in a sense. And they got it. They're like, Oh, but, I be they forget that they're a human, and a lot of things that you do, I think, is 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 the is the the reteaching of you're a human and it's okay to feel and you know and I've seen you hold space before very powerfully in a lot of situations, and I'm just like, that's a lot to take. That's a lot to like take in the energy and be able to hold that energy and hold space and be able to hear someone fully without losing yourself into that emotion, but then also speak your truth. It's a very um, um, a skill, I guess, an emotional skill, I guess that's what it'd be called around that. But it's a, it's something that I, I've had a lot of respect seeing you actually do and perform and Thank in you. person. I was just like, woo! I was like, that's a, that's a, I, I res it's one of those ones I'm like, I, you know, I'm like, I'd love to get there. I, I don't know if I could handle that, but it's something that it's to aspire to. But to see you be both vulnerable and real and be a human, as well as being able to hold those space, I think is really powerful. So if anybody's looking to, um, you know, find out how to own their emotions and step two. I definitely encourage that. It's a very, very powerful thank you. thing. So, uh, you know, Halcyon, thank you so much for being on. Um, is there any last things you'd like to say? Any last words of wisdom? And then finally wrap up with how do people get a hold of you? Sure. Um, oh, I would be remiss if I didn't remind you that you're doing fine. If you're hearing this, you're, you are exactly where you're supposed to be and you're perfect. And there is, one of the cool things about this uh, you know, pandemic is that so many people have been shook out of their patterns. And we've learned that we can't depend on anything external to help us figure out what we're supposed to be doing or uh, that eventually we got to figure it out for ourselves. And so listen to you because you are exactly where you're supposed to be. And guess what? You're also super fucked up, just like all of us. So I love you. I really do. I love you. Thank you for being you. Oh, and you can find me at uh, hugnation.com or johnston.com, J-O-H-N-S-T-Y-N. I love you, John, and all that you do. Thank you so much for being the beacon of light that you are. I, uh, I appreciate all this. Thank you so much for your time. And um, I'll, I'll let you know when this posts, but I, I really appreciate everything that you do and that you stand for. So thank you, John. I'm, I, I was so looking forward to this. So it's been great. Thanks, brother. Thank you, brother. Take care now. I'll see you. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.